So this morning I'm going to continue on the series of destined to reign. Is there any kings in the house? Is there any, any kings that are destined to reign and to rule? Only a few people. Is there any kings that are destined to, to rule, to take dominion? You know, Apostle laid such a powerful foundation last week concerning reigning and ruling as a king. And this is what he said, that before you reach your destiny, you must know your identity. You must know your identity in God before you get to your destination. This is powerful stuff. And he said that your identity is not found in your wife. Your identity is not found in your husband. Your identity is not found in your children. Your identity is not found in your company. Your identity is not found in your career. But it is found in Jesus Christ. This is powerful. Do you know that God, He is such a powerful God. He knows your end from the beginning. So therefore from the foundations of the earth, of the world, he said right in the beginning of the beginning, in Genesis 1.26, He said, let us give man dominion. Let us give man power. Why? God can trust you and I with His power. That's how powerful you are. You are destined to reign. He said that your life is predestined. So right in the beginning, in chapter 1 of the Bible, God says, let us give man dominion. What a powerful God. First of all, he knows his identity. So therefore, he's not worried when he gives you power. He knows you can control that power. He knows that you can handle that power well. Why? The Bible says you are made in the image and in the likeness of God. That makes you very powerful. Whew. Now, your identity is found in Jesus Christ. Your identity is found in the blood of Jesus. The blood that came from the face of Jesus, that's the blood of identity. It gave you identity. So therefore, you don't have to wander around not knowing who you are in Christ. Jesus paid it all. The blood came from his face. That gave you identity. Now, how powerful is this? We see David in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse, verse 45. David defeated his enemy. David defeated Goliath. How did he do it? Apostle said that he defeated him because he went to Goliath with the identity of his God. He said to Goliath, you come to me with sword. With spear, with javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. So your identity is in Jesus. Is in God the Father. This is some powerful stuff and it's going to get even hotter in this house. I want to say to you this morning, we serve a supernatural God. He's too big. Nothing limits God. He is big. He's supernatural. So that makes you and I, the believers, every son and daughter of God, a supernaturalist. Because your father is supernatural. 
What is a supernaturalist? A supernaturalist is one that administers the anointing and the power of God. So God trusts you that much. He says, my son, my daughter, you can have my power. But because we miss our identity, we don't rule and reign as king or kings in this life. Loss of identity. But God wants you to know today that you are the one that administers my power and my anointing. Let's look at scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Romans 5 17. Shout amen if you got it. I want to read it to you. It reads as follows. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So if death could reign through the one man, which is Adam, God says, I, how much more you that has the unmerited favor, the blessing favor of God. You can reign. You can reign. The word grace comes from the Greek word chares. And teacher Tanya is here. She's Greek. Amen. I always have to check with her every time. I need to pronounce some Greek words. I say, teacher, what's that name? How do you pronounce it? So grace is a Greek word. It's pronounced charis. So God says, I give you my overflowing charis, my grace, my unmerited favor for you to reign as a king in life. In life. Which life? This life. Because of the unmerited favor, you can rule and reign. And that speaks of your identity in God. Listen, you must notice that the phrase in that scripture says reign as kings in life. This means every child of God should rule and reign. Thank you. you you you're the one that's believing that. Every believer, every child of God should rule and reign. You see, the devil is such a liar. He likes to keep people quiet. He likes to muzzle people and say, don't talk. But I want you to know today you will reign as a king in this earth. You will reign as a king in this life. Don't keep quiet when the enemy says keep quiet. You rule, you reign. You are in power, you dominate. That's why God gave you dominion in the beginning. But Adam messed up. But God trusted you and I to regain that authority. And to operate in that authority. So what is Romans 5.17 really saying to us? Instead of Satan, instead of spiritual death dominating over us, we must dominate over Satan. We must dominate over spiritual death. What is spiritual death? Spiritual death is when you don't have the desire anymore to be in the presence of God. 
When you don't have the desire anymore to read the word of God. When you don't have the desire anymore on a Sunday morning to come to church. You are in spiritual death. You have officially entered spiritual death. When you always got to negotiate when it comes to coming to church. But we can rule and exercise our authority over the devil, over spiritual death. We rule as kings instead of circumstances, instead of sin, instead of addictions dominating us. We must go back to the word of God and find out what already belongs to you and I. It's in the word of God. Let me tell you something here today. If you don't know the rules of the game, you cannot win the game. So get into the Bible. God will, will tell you once more what you possess, which is power to dominate. So get back to the word. You got to get back to knowing the rules of the game so that you can overthrow the devil from his seat of power. He thinks he's got power. The Bible says he is like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. So that means he's fake. He's a copycat. And if you love shopping at China Mall, they call him Fong Kong. So that means the devil is a Fong Kong. He is not original. He wants to take what belongs to you, which is dominion, which is power. But today you stand up and you say, devil, you have no place in my life. Devil, I will not listen to your lies anymore. I regain my position of authority. Listen, God doesn't only want you to know that you are royalty. He expects you to live as one. He expects you to live as royalty. So this means from now on, if you've been feeling timid, if you've been living in fear, God speaks to you today. Get out of pity. Get out of timidity. Get out of fear. And this is one of the strategies that the enemy uses to displace you, to take you from your position of authority. He brings fear in your life. He does. Let's put it this way. Kings in the Bible, in those days, the Bible said that they would rule over a country. Not Montana only. Kings in those days, they would rule over the country. What does it mean to reign? It means that there's a person that's in charge of a certain place for a certain time. But the Bible says you will rule in this life. That means there's no limit to your rulership. You will reign in this life from the moment you were born to the day that God calls you back to heaven. You will dominate. You will rule in this life, in this earth. This reminds me of the old movie in the 80s that I love very much. When the devil gives you a punch, John claude Van Damme would say, no retreat, no surrender.
no retreat no surrender if you retreat it means you are going back if you surrender you saying devil have your way with me but today you come out today you come out i rule in a way no retreat no retreat washa The devil would use fear to contain you because he knows that God has put gifts and talents on the inside of you. What does that mean? You move with power. You move with power and today God is speaking into your spirit. He says what I have placed on the inside of you, the boldness that I put on the inside of you, today it will come out of you. Today it will explode out of you. You will be bold. Fear is a spirit. It is a tactic that is used by the devil to contain you, to control you. To make you not feel significant. But you are a king. Kings don't feel insignificant. They put on a, a kingly robe. And they walk with swag. That is a king. Now fear is a spirit. It is a tactic used by the enemy. To displace you from your place of authority. Fear is a spirit. How do we know that? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. The Bible says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear. So that means fear is a spirit. But God did not give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of power. Of love. And of a sound mind. That means you rest in Jesus. You have peace. You have a sound mind. Kings have a sound mind. They are not stressed. They are not in depression. They are not anxious for nothing. I'm a king. I have a sound mind. Fear disguises itself under many names today. Depression. Anxiety, stress, it's fear, it's a demonic spirit that wants to come on your life. But as a king, you have to know that you have authority. Jesus says, I give you the authority to do what? To trample upon snakes and scorpions. That means you've got the authority to tell that, that mountain, to tell that demonic spirit, you are under my feet. You have the authority. So start acting like you have the authority. Not like those guys that bash their wives in the house and they think they're in authority. That's the wrong way to go about it, brother. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't hit your wife and then you think you're in authority.
So this morning we need to understand that the moment you give your life to Jesus, the moment you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you hold a position in the realm of the spirit. You hold a powerful position in the realm of the spirit. The moment you say, yes, Lord, I surrender. I give my life to you. God says, there's power. Go and dominate. <laughs> I was talking about kings who rule and reign over a country in those days of the Old Testament. So they didn't just occupy Montana or Dwarenport. They occupied South Africa. Hallelujah. But you'll also see that in the realm of the spirit, you occupy territory. It's important to understand that there's a position in the spirit that we hold as believers. So it's imperative that as believers, not only do we know that place, but we function in it. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Thank you Jesus. Paul explained that God, Ephesians 2 6. You guys got it on the screen? Let me read it to you. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of of our being in Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Can we blow that scripture open? Can we blow it up? Can we bring some revelation? Paul explained that God raised you and I up together with Christ and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is too powerful to fathom. You were raised with Jesus. Now you occupy heavenly places. Note, not a place, but places in heaven. That's how powerful you are. So this means the location where you are located in the heaven, in, in heavenly places. It is high above every principality. It is high above any demonic power it is high above any might it is high above any dominion that everything is under your feet because you are seated in heavenly places you are ruling and reigning as a king so when you look down you are in a place of authority because you're sitting in heaven in jesus the bible says you have a joint seating that's how powerful you are God equates you to Jesus and he says, I'm going to give you a joint seating with Christ. The Messiah, the anointed one. You are in him, he is in you. And because of that, you rule in heavenly places. Not a place, places in heaven. Did you know there are places to be occupied in heaven? You got to take it by force. You say, devil, you're not taking my place in heaven. I am going to live a righteous life. I'm a king. I'm bold. Listen, you got to fight. You got to fight in the spirit as a king. 
That's why if you study the Bible, you see that the Bible says that King David, when it was springtime every year, the kings used to go out into battle. So that means as a king, you don't just enjoy the palace. You go out and fight with your men. You lead by example. So every year, springtime, kings had to go out. Not enjoy the goodness of their palaces. But once a year, God says, hey, you've been eating, you've been having a good time. It's springtime. Let's go fight. Because that's what kings do. They fight. Kings fight to protect their territory. In this earth, you must protect your authority. Protect the authority and the power that God has given you. By any means necessary. Don't give the devil a foothold. You are a king in this earth. You must rule. And when you go to fight, you are not timid. You are not worried. Just like David, you say, I come to you, Goliath, in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. You can't touch me. You start feeling like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. I can't touch this. You start feeling like Hammer Man. Can't touch this. Why? I'm a king in the kingdom of God. Now the Bible says that Jesus, rather God, made you sit down. He gave you joint sitting. Can you imagine when the Bible says God made you sit? He put you in that place. He says sit down. Why? Rest in my presence. You are a king. Rest in the finished work of the cross. You are a king. Don't be anxious for anything. Do not worry. But be happy. Hallelujah. I feel like we're going to produce some records now. <laughs> in the presence of the Lord. Oh Jesus. Listen, Paul declared that all demonic spirits were placed under the feet of Jesus. This clearly illustrates that no devil should exercise authority over any believer. Satan seeks to displace you and I to regain the authority that Jesus stripped from him. You remember he took the authority from Adam? But Jesus came and he stripped him of that authority. Now he just wants to displace you. So that he can regain that authority. But today you say, I call Nasata. I call na. Today we go toe for toe. We go eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. You fight. Don't retreat. No. No retreat. No surrender. Washa. Listen, God is your daddy. God is your father. That's why the Bible says we cry out to Abba, Father, to our daddy. But what is powerful is this. God, he, you are already a finished product. Do you know that? Because you are predestined, you are a finished product. God had you in mind all along. And that's why he just put Adam together in, in a blink of an eye. Finished product. Someone know. And then he gets up, he's like, but where's my mother? 
imagine all your life looking for your mom? <laughs> Poor Adam. <laughs> but he had Abba Father, amen? He had a powerful daddy. He had a good daddy that loved him and gave him power and dominion. Awesome. You see, even in this dispensation, in this time, God will bring certain people as you rule as a king, as you reign. God will bring certain people into your life that will take you to your destination. Just like being part of Revival Christian Church. Let me tell you, you are at the right place. You are at the right church. Where God will surround you with people that love you. Where God will place certain people that will take you to your destination. So this means... You have to surround yourself with the right lion pack. Because you are a lion, you are a king. God will give you the right lion pack. Because if you don't have that right lion pack, the devil will have his way with you. Listen, that's why God had it in his heart this morning. That you should be in the house today. That's why. He wants that boldness to come out of you. That supernatural boldness must come out of you. And I want you to know that you are privileged to be here this morning. Come on, you didn't hear me. I said you are privileged to be here this morning. Now, we have to address fear as kings. For us to reign. We need to look it in the eye and sort it out. Once and for all. Don't play with fear. Don't play with fear. And I wanted to say this earlier. If you don't know your identity. If you don't know your identity in Jesus Christ. You will end up like the sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. They didn't have an identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to cast out a demon. The demon said to them, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? And the devil stripped them naked and they ran through the streets butt naked. Why? They didn't have their identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that means you cannot rule outside of Jesus. You cannot rule outside of Jesus. They thought they could do their own thing. We've been casting out demons for years. And they thought they can play with that one demon. But they had lost their identity along the way. And the devil stripped them naked. Jesus. Listen, fear has many enemies. Fear has many enemies. One of them is fear. Do you know that fear fears himself? <laughs> so one of, he's got an enemy. Fear is an enemy and his name is fear. The second one is faith. The third one is love. The fourth one is peace. But the greatest enemy of fear is boldness. You cannot rule in this earth, in this life without boldness. So God is training you up as a king today. He's training you up. He's raising you up as a king. You must be bold. You must be bold. Listen, some people are still not getting. You must be bold. Don't back down. Do you 
you know how even in your workplace that the devil says you are insignificant? You've been working all, all year long. Many years in that one company. You feel insignificant. People come into the company and they, they get promotions, they get raised up. And the enemy puts fear on you. Do they want to get rid of me? Fear. In your marriage, fear creeps in. Fear, ladies. When your husband is 20 minutes late. When your husband is 20 minutes late from the usual time. The enemy puts fear on your life. Where is he? What is he doing? And this is what fear does. It makes you see things that are not real. So therefore, for us to rule, fear must be rooted out. It must be rooted out. The devil is messing with people. Messing with marriages. But today we, we identify that spirit and we root it out. So that we can rule in the peace of God. We can rule in the love of God. Can we go to Proverbs 28 verse 1? Proverbs 28 verse 1. God is going to do something supernatural in your life today. I said God is going to do something supernatural in your life today. Let's look at Proverbs 28 verse 1. It reads as follows. The wicked flee when no man pursues them. But the uncompromisingly righteous are bold as a lion. And you don't want to be that wicked person that always looks over their shoulder even when nobody's pursuing. Those people cannot rule in the kingdom of God. Why? They are wicked. That's what the Bible says. But you, you are righteous. Is there any righteous people here today that are bold as a lion? Is there any righteous people that are bold as a lion today? Those are the ones that rule. Those that are as bold as a lion. Listen, God could, could have chosen to, cha to change scripture and say, you are as bold as a tiger. He could have said that you are as bold as an eagle. But he said you are as bold as a lion. Why? Why the lion? The Bible calls him the lion of the tribe of Judah. That means he roars on the inside of you. <laughs> Remember you are in him. He is in you. He roars. From the inside of you. Listen. A lion. Is not the smartest animal in the jungle. No. A lion is not a. A, a heavy. Animal in the jungle. Certainly not the biggest. And certainly not the tallest. But let's. Let's compare him to, to an elephant. The elephant is smarter than a lion. Can you say amen? 
The elephant is 70 times bigger than a lion. Revelation. He's 70 times bigger than a lion. Mark, are you doing the meds now? But listen to this. What makes the difference between an elephant and a lion? An elephant, when he sees the lion, he says, Oh my God, dangerous. As big as he is. But the lion, when he sees the elephant, this is what he says. My lunch. The difference is the attitude. The attitude of a lion makes him the king of the jungle. That's why God compares you to a lion. That means you are a king in this earth. Not only the jungle, even in the heavenly places, you are a king. The Bible could have said that the righteous are timid they are as bold as a puppy no bold as let me take you back to scripture romans 5 17 a portion of it speaks of we have the gift of righteousness and proverbs 28 1 says the righteous are as bold as a lion. What is righteousness? Righteousness means right standing with God. You are in right standing with God. This means the moment you surrendered again, you said, Lord, here I am. You became right with God. You were not in right standing with God because of your sins. But the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, Made you right with God. Mm. You are not in right standing because of your own merit. Not because of what you've done. But in the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say I'm a righteous man? And all the ladies say I'm a righteous woman. Because of the blood of Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter if the devil came to remind you of your past sins. It doesn't matter. You were right because of the blood. You reigned because of the blood. Thank you, Jesus. When you are confronted with fear in life, when you go through a crisis, you must be bold. It takes boldness to be a Christian today. It takes boldness to be committed to God today. It, it takes you boldness to move in the supernatural. Listen, it costs you boldness in the times that we're living in. Accusations, persecution. It takes boldness. Whenever you see circumstances coming into your life, you're facing crisis and fear. This is your attitude. My lunch. 
When the doctor says, it's cancer in your life, it is HIV, you say, I'm going to eat that thing alive. I'm going to overcome it. You begin to roar like a lion and say, my dinner. You have to come to a place where you see your circumstances as your lunch. Because you are a king. You have authority. Somebody say, my lunch. Somebody say, where is my lunch? No, 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 I'm joking. To rule and reign, you need supernatural boldness, supernatural bravery, supernatural valor, supernatural courage. That's what you need. Listen, we need this in this generation. You got to come out of timidity and fear. You must move in the power and the boldness of God. There's two things that kings do. Two. To keep them focused. And to make sure that they maintain their position of, of rulership and kingship. One, they stay focused. They fight for their identity. What is boldness? It's bravery, courage, daring, valor. Every king has courage. To trust God when they confront fear. Courage is the opposite of fear. Boldness is the opposite of timidity. You see, sometimes fear hides between, behind people and behind things. But we need to expose it. We need boldness. I wish I can get a big amen. Boldness. For you today to be a powerful witness, to be an evangelist, and that speaks of you and I. All of us are evangelists. All of us. It takes boldness to go out and preach the gospel. You need boldness. Otherwise, the world will look at you and say, my lunch. If you don't have boldness, the world will say, my lunch. Have you been out in the streets to evangelize? Some people, they tell you where to get off while you're still approaching them. You say, sir, can I please talk to you? He say, what's okay? If you're not bold, you won't make it. You need boldness to rule and reign and know your position. Do you know what Pastor Kwasi did to me one time? And if you're watching this morning, my brother, I'm going to get you. One day we're evangelizing. Here comes this big guy. He's wearing his khaki shorts. And they say, where's Pastor Yaku? They were with Pastor Yaku. He said, Taps, go for him, go for him. And I'm like, yes, guys. Go, man, you're the evangelist. I went for this guy. At first, he didn't want to talk to me. Because we, had, we wanted to give them DVDs from the church so that we can invite them. We must use strategy, amen? So you don't just come there empty-handed. So I, I went there with the DVD from the church. As soon as I get there, he says, I'm not buying. I said, no, sir, it's free. I said, it's free, sir. And then he stops and he looks at me. I said, I want to invite you to the church, sir. He says, 
says, just give me the CD, I'll decide. And he walked away. And I realized, if I went like this, I wouldn't have got over that mountain. So now I take anything that stands in front of me. I take you out in the name of the Lord. And I bring you to the kingdom. So you need boldness to rule and reign as a king. So let's look at this. To roar as a lion. It means that you change the atmosphere of what the bad news are saying. You bold enough to say, I am roaring. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is on the inside of me. That means you change the atmosphere of what the bad news are saying. You change the attitude of your mind. That I'm a king. It doesn't matter what's coming my way now. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. And faith is the substance of... Oh my God. When you rule and reign as a king in this life, in this earth. Your boldness as a king. It will cause other people to change. It will cause other people to change. It will inspire other people to change. First Samuel 14. First Samuel 14 verse 11 and 12. First Samuel 14 verse 6. I'm confusing the guys at the back. First Samuel 14 21. You guys got that. 1 Samuel 14, verse 11 and 12. 1 Samuel 14, 6. And 1 Samuel 14, 21. I'm not going to read that. For the sake of peace with the media team. But I want to talk to you. That portion of scripture. We're talking about your, your rulership, your kingship. And knowing your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that there was one powerful king. One powerful man who recognized that the anointing of God is upon his life. His name was Jonathan. In this portion of scripture, you see Jonathan, he speaks to his armor bearer. He says, Brew, we're going to go to the outpost. Because they were caught up in the caves. And the Philistines were waiting for them to come out so that they can deal with them. But something happened. Jonathan said, my brother, I, I feel something come upon me. I think it's boldness. While everybody was hiding in the caves, he said, hey, I'm a bearer, let's go out. We go to the outpost and we say to the guys, hey guys, let's talk. We just want to talk to you. And if they say, come out and fight, then we know that the Lord has given us, has given them to us. It was just the two of them. A king that knew his identity in the Lord. They went out to the outpost. As soon as they get out, that big guy said, come out here and fight. And Jonathan said, you are a faithful God. We're going to slay these Philistines. And he called the whole Hebrew, Hebrew army. He said, guys, follow me. They took their arms by force. They killed them and they overcame them. The boldness of two 
supernatural, tongue-talking, blood-bought Christians inspired the whole army of Hebrews. Listen, your story, your testimony can inspire the next businessman. Your story, your testimony can inspire the next person of how you are preaching the gospel in the workplace, in the schools. You need boldness to reign, to rule. Are you getting something this morning? And this is what they said. The Hebrews in the caves. That army is bigger than us. There's a lot of them. We cannot overcome them. We cannot. But I love the word of God. I love the word of God. Jonas had said, the Lord can win the battle by few or by many. Even if it's just the two of us, we will overtake, we will overcome. You can inspire people. The moment you realize that God has placed you in a position of power, it doesn't matter the circumstance, it doesn't matter what you see with your natural eyes, you can inspire other people to overcome their circumstances, to overcome their obstacles. They wonder, how are you doing it in your marriage? How are you staying so long together? But you say, it's because I rule and I reign in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is your business succeeding so much? Listen, I rule and I reign in the Lord Jesus Christ by few or by many the Lord wins the battle that's how a king a king's attitude should be by few or by many thank you Jesus you see, God is going to do something powerful through your life today. Every blockage. And this is what fear does. It blocks the flow of the supernatural in your life. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to cripple you and paralyze you. Using fear. But kings rule through Jesus. And this is what I love when it comes to men in particular. Those that say we are sold out. For the kingdom of God. For too long, women have been in the forefront of the movement of God. They are the ones praying. They're the, they are the ones that say, my, my husband, let's go to church. For too long, men must rise up as kings and rule and reign. Not only in the things of the church. Rule and reign in your house. Because when your house is in order, you can rule and reign in the kingdom of God. So therefore, I like to inspire men. But they say, how did you get there? I said, I don't know. I just surrendered my life to God. When I was in my mess, I still said, Jesus, you do the work. I surrender. I want to be a king. But for me to rule, it has to be through Jesus Christ. Not in my own power. So that's how we dominate through Jesus. Oh my God, I feel something come upon me right now. 
Listen. Today I wonder how many people are coming out of their caves. I wonder how many people are coming out of self-pity. I wonder how many people are going to inspire people to get out of a denomination, to get out of religion, to say, God, raise me up to be the one that will go out. I wonder how many people are coming out of fear. I wonder how many people are coming out of fear. And take your rightful position. We have to come out. Just like the Hebrews, they needed to come out of their caves to realize that God is for them, not against them. But it took two people that said, Father, we trust you. You took us out of Egypt and now you will take us out of the caves again. You've done it before, Lord. We reign in your power. We rule in your power. We will come out of the caves. Come out of timidity. Come out of fear. And I'm telling you, people are getting deliverance even right now. Even as I'm preaching, people are getting delivered from fear. The fear of tomorrow. My business, my marriage, my children. I'm fearful. What's going to happen, Jesus? But today you rise up. You rise up in the name of Jesus. And you fight. Listen, the blessings of God. The blessings of God. They are free by His grace. They are free by His grace. But to possess them, you have to defend it and fight. Come on, fight for your marriage. Fight for your children. Fight for the kingdom. Are you going to stand for the truth? Are you going to defend the church? Fight, fight, fight. I'm calling on this generation to stand up, to get up and fight. What are you going to say? When the devil says you have cancer. What are you going to say tomorrow when you get to work and they say you're fired. Come on. Say it. Be bold and say What are you going to say? My lunch. Come on. Say it. Come on. Say it. My lunch. For more great content and updates in the Apostle, please go to our social media.